Okay, so honest question. Has anybody ever been afraid? Okay. Well, I don't know about you, but it seems like in our culture that fear is kind of running rampant. Yes, or is this just me? You turn on the news and all the stories that you have and all the politics that are going on, it seems like there's, we're supposed to be afraid, right? And so the truth is that fear is a part of most everybody's life in different levels, all right? Some of our fears are irrational, and I include myself in this statement. Some of us are afraid of cockroaches, right? Some of us are afraid of spiders. Some of us are afraid of snakes. Uh, so thank you. And, and uh, the list goes on of those things that, I mean, could be really not that big of a deal, but we somehow choose to let them be. But then there are those things that are big that scare us. The doctor says that we're sick and there's an illness that is overtaking our bodies. Our boss says you're going to lose your job, and unemployment is incredibly scary. Or there's a relationship that's falling apart, and it may not work, and, and, and there's a lot of scariness that goes along with that, and a lot of fear. And, and, and fear is a very real part of our world right now. But, and, and let me give you a definition of fear before I say the next thing. Um, this is straight out of dictionary.com. Fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. An unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by an anticipation or awareness of danger. The crazy thing is, is that God called us to a life that is fear-free. But yet, it seems so natural and easy to be afraid. So I want us to look today and, and see and understand this reality that we have the power to overcome fear in our lives. So I want you to look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 1. And just a little background of the passage here. Uh, this is the last letter that Paul wrote. Uh, he was awaiting his death. He was going to be beheaded. And so before he died, he wanted to uh, write Timothy one last time. And Timothy was his apprentice. Uh, Timothy was learned under Paul and, and how to do what Paul did. And, uh, and Paul is writing this letter to encourage him one last time and, uh, and basically telling him to stay strong, even in the midst of fear. So um, 2 Timothy chapter 1, we'll just read verses 3 through 8, and we'll camp out at verse 7. And this is what Paul writes to the young Timothy, page 1197. I thank God, whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us did not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. All right, so I want, to, want us to camp out in verse 7. And just as a side note, if you ever want a verse to memorize, this would be a good one. 2 Timothy 1.7. For the Spirit of God does not give us, a, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid. I know it in a different translation, but that word timid 
can mean fear. It really probably does mean fear. And so the reality is, is that when we become followers of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ lives in us. And what Paul promised Timothy is, Timothy, you are going on this journey. I'm not going to be around anymore. And you have been given these gifts. You need to be unafraid to use these gifts. And the reason is, is that the spirit that is within you is not a spirit of fear. Because God's spirit does not give us fear. And that's the first thing that I want us to see, is that when we have fear in our lives, it's not from God. I hear that plain and clear. When fear shows up in our lives, it does not come from God. It either comes from Satan or it comes from within us, right? God does not create fear. He does not produce fear. He has nothing to fear. Fear is not a part of his character or any part of him at all. And so when the spirit of God lives in us, then fear, when it shows up, is not from him. And I want to make that very clear up front. So when we have fear, I think the first thing we have to do is we have to stop and realize that, oh, this is not from God. This is from me. This is from someplace else. Because God does not put fear in us. But here's what we do, and I'm guilty of this as well. When fear shows up, we tend to take the little seed of fear and grow a huge plant of despair. Right? Does anybody else do that? And so that little bug bite's going to kill us or whatever it is. All of a sudden, that little, that little seed of fear just transforms into a big, terrible plant of dread. All right? I got a video to kind of help us understand how this works at the kitchen table. How was work? Nothing unusual. Email was down again. And uh, Bill called me into his office again. What's wrong? Nothing really. He just thinks he can come down and fit in with these blue collar guys. You know, he's white collar. Or you've done something wrong again, and you're getting in trouble. And you'll get demoted, then you'll stop shaving. There goes my vacation. Maybe you'll even get fired. And then you'll do that lazy thing and I'll have to go back to work. And there goes the house. We had plans for this house. We'll be living out of our car or out on the street, and eventually we'll be forced to move in with your mother. How was your day, Kim? Well, Dana's having a party Friday night, and I thought I could go. But before you freak out, it's not going to be that big of a deal. I mean, y'all guys know this. You're a great kid, but there's no stopping the peer pressure. It just takes one sip, and you're hooked. And then there's the smoking and the piercings and the tattoos. And the boys. Even good boys don't have good intentions, never mind the bad boys. Oh, and you'll go straight for one of the bad boys, and he'll introduce you to all the bad things, and you'll get pregnant and drop out of school, and we'll never see you again. And we'll be stuck with your kid. What about you, Mom? I've been considering taking up string art. No. Desi's been doing some really wonderful things with it. You can do anything with string. Did you know you can make refrigerator magnets? Everyone knows string art is a gateway craft. You'll start knitting and making me hats and scarves and sweaters and making me wear those sweaters. And you'll stop dyeing your hair and get those grandma glasses and you'll want a cat, which will kill my allergies and probably lead to more cats. And you'll want to make things and bring it to my class and embarrass me in front of all of my friends.
this a cat hair? Okay, isn't that kind of how it happens? This little problem shows up and, and fear takes root in our soul and all of a sudden, boom, we're terrified of what's next, right? I think it's very important for us to realize what Paul was saying to Timothy and we need to understand in our lives, when fear shows up, we need to stop, we need to realize it's not from God and we need to acknowledge our dependence on God. All right, and, and so that's a, that's a big part of this fear. Fear just blows up in our brain. It makes things much worse than it really is. And, and we need to understand that's not of God. It's not of God. All right? So what Paul says then, I, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and discipline. Now, now think how different those words are than fear. Power, love, and discipline. Power really is, means ability, have the ability to conquer, to overcome. Love is the word agape, which is a perfect love. To love when love doesn't make any sense. To love when, when nobody else would love. And then discipline is the ability to stay strong and even to say no to temptation when it shows up. And so Paul says, look, Timothy, I know that there is an opportunity for you to have fear, but the spirit you have is not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and discipline. So open confession today. I hate the dentist. Let me rephrase that. I don't hate the dentist. I hate going to the dentist. Okay? And I have, I'll confess, an irrational fear of dental work. All right? And, and so I, I've decided that if the doctor tells me you have six months to live, I'm going to make dental appointments every day to make that six months seem really long. Okay? Because I just despise dental work. All right? And, and I know I should be grateful that I get to go to the dentist, and there are people all over the world, even all over our city, who would love to get to do that, but there's just something about the dental thing. My wife says it's a control issue. It probably is, but... I don't like to admit that. All right, so um, on February 1st, my wife had surgery. She's doing great. Thanks for all the prayers. On February the 2nd, I put a handful of sunflower seeds in my mouth and my tooth cracked in half. Now, it's a tooth I'd been protecting for 13 years. It was coming. And, uh, but anyway, three weeks later, um, I am to go and get this tooth removed. So um, I went beforehand, they told me all that was going to happen, he explained it to me, and I was, at the time, just so excited to get that tooth replaced so I could eat again. Um, but then the day came. And so I was driving over to the dental office, and I was supposed to get there 10 minutes early. I got there 20 minutes early, which was a bad thing. And so I sat in the parking lot, and I began to listen to praise music. I began to pray for a miraculous healing. I began to say, God, anything, don't make me do this. And then the Spirit reminded me, 2 Timothy 1.7, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and discipline. So I began to pray. I said, Lord, I know this fear is not from you. This is something I've created. And I know it's irrational, and I know that it's not right. And, and so whether it's the enemy or it's just my stupidity, I don't know. 
but Lord, I need your help. And you promised us a, a spirit of power and love and discipline. And so, Lord, I pray for those things. I pray for the ability to walk into the building. I pray for the ability to make it through this event, even as he's torturing me. I pray for love, that they would experience the people behind the desk, the people in the room, that they would experience your love for me. And, uh, and I pray that I would have the discipline not to scream like a little girl. So I get out of the car and I'm still petrified, but I walk in the door and they say, oh, here are 10 pages of forms that you need to initial and sign. Now, I don't know about you, but I read forms. I don't know why. This may cure me of reading forms, but I read what I'm signing. So I'm reading this form and this form says, this procedure may kill you. Your sinuses may collapse. You may get an infection and you could die. Please sign here to hold a dentist not responsible for your death. Okay, little exaggeration, but I was going, are you kidding me? So I, I initialed it and took it back to the lady, and I said, I tell you, that's the most horrible thing I've ever read in my life. Why, why do we have to sign? She said, it's not a big deal. It's just, it's, he does this surgery all the time. It's his, she said, it's his favorite surgery to do. And I'm like, okay. So I'm, I'm still going through the emotions, and and I'm waiting, and then all of a sudden, they call me back. So I'm going back, and, and it's still all the emotion there. Now, I had, a, I had some friends that were praying for me, and one of them texted and said, hey, let me suggest you just listen to some praise music while he's doing this. It'll make it a lot better. And so I got my phone set up for that, and I went back there, and it was just like, oh, got to get this done. But the most bizarre thing happened. The minute the dentist walked in the room, this amazing peace just came over me. It was phenomenal. And it was so weird because he was, this is way more information than you want, but my, he was having a problem getting my tooth out. And he's obviously a weightlifter. Um, and so he's pulling one way and I'm trying to help him. I'm pulling my head the other way, trying to get this thing out. But here's what's going on. Darlene Chuck is playing in my ear, shout to the Lord, and my hand is up and I'm praising Jesus at the same time. I'm going. And when it was all done, he looked at me and said, you know, tomorrow I'm doing this for a woman who has control issues. And this same process that took us 30 minutes is going to take me three hours because she's going to stop and stop and stop. And he said, I wish all of my patients were like you. I was like, no, really, you don't. <laughs> but God is good, you know? So, but, but I got back in the car. And, and all of that to say that there was no willpower that made this good for me. There was no, nothing, no meditation, no, no any, anything that I did that made this fear go away. But it was the Spirit of Christ in me. And it's amazing when I look back on that adventure, how God waited until I actually sat in the chair. It was almost like, well, let's see if you trust me. And see, and I think that's really the key when it comes to fear. Because faith and fear can't coexist together. And so we come to that moment with fear where we have to decide, we either trust God or we don't. And it can be fear concerning losing your job. How am I going to make it through this? And that fear can overwhelm us. Well, we can trust. 
It can be fear about relationships. It can be fear about people that we love. It can be fear. On and on, fear can dominate us, and we have to decide. We come to this crossroad in faith where we say, you know what? I'm either going to trust God to be who he said he was, or I'm going to fear. But it is literally impossible to do both. And that's a big deal. You see, I wonder if sometimes when God created the world, he allowed things into the world to bring fear so that we would have to trust. So that we would have to stop and say, you know what, God, I see the promises of Scripture and I trust you. I don't like it. You know, and, and, and overcoming fear doesn't mean that, that fear is not their courage, is the, is the willingness to move forward even when you're afraid. But spiritual courage comes when we trust God to be God. Because God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and discipline. So today, I just, I, I want to challenge you. I'm, I'm reminded of the, of the disciples in the boat, and, and they, Jesus and the disciples are going across the lake, and, and Jesus fell asleep, and a storm came, and the disciples started freaking out. And I can just imagine the conversation. Should we wake him up or not? And somebody, probably Peter said, I don't want to die. I'm going to wake him up. So they woke him up and said, Lord, do you not care that we're about to die? And Jesus looked at him and said, oh, you have little faith. And he calmed the storm. And I think it's key for us to remember that God is the great storm calmer. I know with everything in my brain that being afraid of the, going to the dentist is irrational. I know that. But for whatever reason, the dentist has a grasp on me. But I also know that my God is bigger than my fear. And I either trust or I don't. So don't hear me say what I'm not saying. I'm not a psychologist and I'm not saying that, you know, uh, there, there are certain disorders that need help from, from professionals, but from a purely spiritual perspective as a pastor, let me say that God does not want you to have fear. Amen. And that God is greater than your fear. Amen. And he can conquer the fear. So today I want you to be honest with yourself. Where does the fear come from? What is it that steals your peace? What is it that keeps you awake at night because you're afraid of where this is headed? What is it that's going on in your life that creates a small seed of fear in you that explodes into a great plant of despair? Where is fear winning a victory? Because here's what I do know, that if the followers of Jesus are afraid, the world's not going to change. I wonder how many conversations we haven't had about faith because of fear. I wonder how many times we didn't invite people to participate with us out of fear. I wonder how many times 
we didn't love somebody the way that we should because their lifestyle was different than ours. And it was out of fear. Fear is not from God. What is it that's driving fear in your life? And the ultimate question is, are you willing to trust? Because God is either who he said he was and is, or he's not. Let's pray.